The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast. It is week 10. The Detroit Lions are coming off of victory, looking for back-to-back wins for the first time in the Dan Campbell era. Uh, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the manager, madam producer at Pride of Detroit, whatever you want to call me. I don't care. I work at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter, at least for now. We'll see uh, if, if that'll last. Uh, <laughs> as always, co-hosting First Bite with me to preview this week, Lions versus Bears. Senior editor of Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. It's Ryan Matthews. Are you getting fired, Jeremy? No, I mean, Twitter just might be dying so you oh. might not be able to find me there for long oh okay all right good 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 yeah i was yeah. just worried i was losing like all my bosses in one day okay go <laughs> no, ahead okay no we don't need to get into that yeah um but yeah lions bears lions pick up a divisional win last week hoping to pick up their second this week to help preview this game and give us some bears perspective we went over to our friends over at windy city gridiron the assistant editor jeff burkis uh, at Gridironborn on twitter jeff welcome Thanks, guys. I, I was surprised to hear that you might get fired, too, but it sounds like that was a false alarm. So <laughs> no, excited that you're going to stick around prior to Detroit. I mean, we'll see. I mean, if they lose this game, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll just quit. Heads are going to roll. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, let's let's jump right into this matchup and probably what might be the biggest matchup, big, big aspect of this matchup. And that's just Justin Fields. I mean, I feel like he's He's the the one man machine that's kind of moving this Bears team along right now. And I know they're three and six, but optimism seems pretty high with the way he's performing. So, uh, Jeff, what what has worked for him, especially in these last three or four weeks that, that has made this Bears offense suddenly electric? Yeah, so I was at the game on Thursday night against the Commanders where they looked really lifeless. Uh, it was a low scoring game. Uh, you know, a couple mistakes sort of bit them there at the end. They had an opportunity to win still, but the, the game just looked uh, lifeless. They weren't able to really do much. They took advantage of that mini buy though, right? So they had like 10 days before their next game, 11 days actually, because it was a Monday night game. They come out in prime time against uh, uh, New England and everything changed. Like they had more designed runs, which is what we have been kind of calling for over at Windy City Grand and a lot of other places too. Like, hey, look, this guy's dynamic. Get him on the run. Uh, more move in the pocket, which uh, certainly seems to help take advantage of his athleticism. So he's putting defenders in a bind, right? Like, hey, I'm going to run, so you better step up. And when you step up, I'm going to pop it over the top of you. So that's been really effective. 
Adding Chase Claypool here in the last week, he played 35% of the snaps in his first week in Chicago, obviously didn't know the whole playbook, but you could tell they want to go deep with him. They already took two deep shots with him. That's going to open things up as well. Hopefully that's going to open up intermediate routes. All of it is starting to work. It just took a long time to, to really figure out what fields can do in this Luke Getze offense, what the line is going to allow him to do. And what playmakers are there from this, you know, uh, scrap heap that they were able to put together in the off season. And you know, it's taken some time. And I think that that makes some sense, but in general, it's let's use your legs to either do the damage or to set up your arm to do more damage. And clearly, obviously his, his legs are doing the majority of the damage, but um, when it comes to Justin Fields as a passer, they they've gotten well, uh, recently, as you mentioned, they've they've added a weapon in, in Chase Claypool. But, you know, coming into the season, Jeff, um, there's a lot of hype surrounding Darnell Mooney. Um, he's a guy who's, you know, primarily playing in the slot. Um, he's got some other, you know, pieces there. Uh, a, a St. Brown, um, one of the St. Browns. <laughs> one of the um, St. Browns, yeah. Yeah, one of the St. Browns. So, um, you know, j- just talk a little bit about, like, do you feel like the receiving options have hampered his development as a passer? Um, and is that why there is so much um, impetus on like going out and getting a chase Claypool at the deadline? Yeah, I think that the, I don't want to say original sin, but maybe the the first mistake of the Ryan Poles era was uh, not trading for Amari Cooper when he had the opportunity to do so. It looked like Amari Cooper was available for pretty low draft capital. Uh, Rumor is that Ryan Poles had that opportunity and didn't pull the trigger. And I think he's kind of been chasing that since, got into the draft, probably had guys a little bit lower rated on his board. You know, maybe he thought, "I I can get Alec Pierce in the third round. Well, he just didn't stick around to the third round pick, right? And so there's a little bit of this, um, I think, you know, new GM learning curve that Ryan Poles is going through. And so he really tried to put together what he could after he missed out on the trade before free agency. And, you know, Christian Kirk gets priced out of the market because Jacksonville has all the money uh, and, you know, burns a pile of it in front of his yard. And, and then, you know, they, they uh, get into the draft and they probably miss some prospects that they were thinking would be a little bit further down the board. So they, they've really put together, you know, kind of a motley crew here uh, of pass catchers. And when Chase Claypool was available at the deadline, I think that he realized he really needed to pull the trigger and bring in a legitimate player to pair with Darnell Mooney, who we all had a little bit higher expectations for. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. I'd say mostly he's, you know, he's a little bit more dangerous when he's playing outside. He's got speed to burn. They signed Byron Pringle to place uh, in the slot. Pringle really hasn't been healthy. And so they just activated him off of the IR. So they have 21 days to make him active. There's, they, they just cut somebody. So, uh, you know, the, the thinking is uh, Pringle's probably going to be um, up soon. So you hope that maybe that with Claypool, with Mooney, as maybe your starters where you have Equinemius St. Brown. I have worked so hard to be able to learn how to pronounce that. When you guys have Amon Ra, that's pretty easy. You know, but Equinemius takes a little time. And, you know, he let's get him off the field or, or fewer reps for Equinemius. He had that drop on fourth down here in this last game that really kind of showed his limitations as a wide receiver. And so, yeah, I mean, when you don't trust the guys that you're throwing to and you're constantly trying to, you know, get timing down with all of these new players uh, in a new system, I think that you're going to expect some level of growing pains. And a lot of it's just 
either injury or uh, players that just don't understand the playbook quite yet. So I think there's a lot going on, um, but I think there is a lower level of talent than in pretty much any other NFL team at this point in the wide receiving core. And so at some point that is going to show up. And, and I think that you've, you've seen that born, born out in the low passing totals for Justin Fields this year. Well, we'll send you the, the name of our starting right guard and, and see if, uh, see if you can pronounce that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, what staying right there, because I want like, what do you think you know about Justin Fields as a passer right now? Do you feel like he, he's just, you're, you got to give him an incomplete grade or, are some things starting to click or are there some things that have been consistent struggles, even with the receiving core that he's had? So I think that, you know, coming out, I was really excited about the deep ball accuracy. I think it's there. I just don't think that there's been anybody on the other end to yeah. consistently haul them down and to, to make that be a showpiece. I think that we're going to get a little bit more of that now that you got the big bodied guy and chase Claypool. I mean, a super fast guy, super big, just kind of that athletic freak, you know, our friend uh, Kent, uh, Kentley Platt uh, has uh, the relative athletic score, chase Claypool 9.98, number five of the wide receivers that he's, he's uh, charted uh, in the history of, of, relative athletic score. So, you know, this is an athletic freak. It's going to pair well with Justin Fields. He's not going to come down with every ball. He just doesn't have the best hands in the world or else he never would have got out of Pittsburgh. But I think he pairs really well with with Justin Fields. And so so that's exciting um, because I do think that that's kind of his main strength that he maybe hasn't had to show yet. He's starting to get more creative with the arm angles and that's been working. So that's either to just kind of avoid oncoming pass rushers and fit balls in. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I'm excited to see more of that. It's, it's almost like he tried it once and it worked and he's like, Hey, this is pretty cool. I'm going to keep doing this. And then yeah. you see it more and more uh, over the last couple of weeks. I think he has the arm to be able to make all of the throws on the field. Like he has a, he has a live arm. It's very strong. Um, he has that ability. I just don't know that the reps are there or the time uh, from the offensive line is there to make all those throws. I'm not saying he, you know, if everything was perfect, he would be the perfect quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. He's, he still has to grow. Um, I think on the flip side, the quick game's not there. Um, and I think part of it is, uh, you know, the, the game hasn't slowed down enough for him to be really consistent and good in the, in the quick game. But I think that takes time. I mean, I think the guys that are best at that have been doing it a long time and that's just not something he did in college. You know, in college, this was a big game hunter. He was going downfield. He had one or two reads. It's Ohio state. He's got really good wide receivers and they're generally open. Right. Um, so he has to kind of adjust his game, uh, to that. And then one final thing I was going to mention is um, sometimes he doesn't find the laces uh, uh, in the quick game. And I think when you see it most on like a shotgun snap, if he doesn't find the laces quick enough, that, that gives him a little extra beat. And he either tries to get rid of it without having the laces and a good grip and it'll get away from him. He either dirt it or he'll throw it over the top. Example of that was a screen pass that Claypool this last week set up probably would have been an eight, 10 yard game. He couldn't find the laces and he airmailed him. And so that's a little bit of a, I think that's a little bit of a problem for him. He's going to need to learn how to throw the ball without having a perfect grip. But I also think that's a reflection of being in shotgun and not under center. And, and I think that there's a little bit of scheming that you can do to try to take that uh, issue away. Just put him under center a little bit more. So I, I guess that kind of dovetails perfectly into the next part of our conversation here, Jeff, is what what do we make of the Bears offensive line? Um, its strengths, its weaknesses. Um, seems like for a couple of years now, it's been a bit of a turnstile in terms of this guy's in, this guy's out, this guy's in, this guy's out. But like, I mean, talk a little bit about maybe like Tevin Jenkins, um, what what 
kind of relief maybe he's provided after you know the, the injury concerns and things like that and it seems like you know the uh the bears are also getting pretty good play out of um one of their starting tackles who's a late round pick yeah absolutely so the line is a work in progress i would like to see what they envisioned as the starting offensive line at some point this year maybe we'll get it uh that's that's kind of been the injury issue you know cody whitehair is kind of the familiar name left guard he was hurt for a number of games had to go on short-term ir he's just been activated last week he's a relief to get back in there because he's a a good solid football player and really adds some stability there uh your old friend riley reef uh playing right tackle for us this last week i think he might stick there uh, Larry Borum, who was a fifth round tackle a couple of years ago, uh, had the starting job out of the gate reef, I think provides a little bit more stability. And I wonder, maybe not the, the high end, uh, that Borum can have something Borum can get on a heater a little bit and in pass pro and look pretty good. He's not very good in the run game. Um, but I think that maybe there's a little bit more, uh, consistency with reef. So I'm kind of excited to see what he brings. Tevin Jenkins, um, he doesn't know how to play guard yet but he is an absolute freak. Uh, he's a huge athlete. Again, relative athletic score. Uh, you love him. Uh, it lights up green, giant player, strong. He likes to toss people, but he's used to playing tackle. And so there's a couple of times when he, you know, he's beat or he just kind of uh, is out of position and he decides that he's going to sling the defender um, backwards. And when you're a guard, you don't do that because you're slinging 320 pounds, uh, you know, with some force at your quarterback's kneecaps. And he almost ended the season uh, a few weeks ago when he did that. Um, and, and Justin Fields narrowly avoided, you know, just basically ruining his knee there. And so he still needs to learn the position, but he, his highs are very high. And I know that as a guard, maybe that doesn't excite a lot of people, but if he can put the time in and learn how to be a good right guard. He's got all the tools to be one of the best in the league. That that's just, that's, that's the cap. They signed Lucas Patrick to play center. I haven't seen him more than 10 plays playing center. Uh, he like hurt his thumb in preseason and then he hurt his toe. The one start he got <laughs> playing center. And so Sam Mustafer, who's, a replacement level um, uh, center has been manning that's the pivot, which, you know, is an issue. And then Braxton Jones is the fifth round rookie this year playing left tackle. They like him a lot struggles in pass, bro. They don't ask him to do that much. They give him a lot of help. Uh, they roll the pocket away from him quite a bit. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is going to love him because he's going to eat him up. Uh, and in the run game though, he's pretty dang good. And so you'll see uh, when the bears are running the football, they like to run it behind Cody Whitehair and Braxton Jones on the left side. Um, so Aiden Hutchinson, if he gets to come come at him as, as a pass rush, he's going to win most uh, a significant share of those reps against Braxton Jones in, in pass pro. Uh, but he's going to have his hands full um, when, when the Bears run at him too. So it'll be a fun matchup. I'm actually really excited about that one in particular. Yeah, it's interesting. And and Ryan, let, let's talk a little bit on the line side real quick about this, this matchup because it doesn't seem like you know, the, the lines are coming off a really good performance from their secondary. Doesn't seem like necessarily this is a week where where they get a, another test there. Um, although, you know, Justin Fields, like like Jeff was saying, does have a, a decent deep ball and, and we'll see if maybe they open things up a little more with Chase Claypool. But I mean, what's your level of concern, I guess, with with this ru- rushing attack? Because obviously a lot of it is, is predicated on, on Justin Fields himself. And we've seen the line struggle with that quite a bit. Um, especially, I mean, even last week, 
you know, Aaron Rodgers picks up two third and 10 pluses by scrambling. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Justin Fields did that like five times last week too. Yeah. To the tune of like, what, like a thousand yards, Jeff, <laughs> 178 new yeah. record, well, basically <laughs> the same. You know, I, I, I think, I think there's a legitimate concern to be had, not just because it's, Oh, it's a rushing quarterback. Um, and the lions have been susceptible to, you know, some pretty bad performances against those guys like Jalen hurts. Um, but they've also been susceptible to guys who can't really run the ball that well. And it's like Geno Smith, like, right. I mean, he's adequate, but it's nothing to write home about, but now they're faced against a guy who is quite, quite an athlete in Justin Fields. And I think the big concern is it's not just the second level of the defense. It's, it's not the back end, you know, it's not counting on Jeff Okuda to be uh, this guy who's going to put his shoulder into every play. But it's the defensive line and their yeah. gap integrity and really making sure that these lanes just are non-existent, um, you know, make fields go all the way out wide, because I think that's where the Lions have been killed the most is like this gap integrity gets lost and there's a lane. And I mean, I think that's what happened on, you know, Aaron Rodgers when he converted yeah. the, the the third and long. So, um, yeah, I th- that's got to be your biggest concern, right? No question. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a very young defensive line, so very susceptible to to making mistakes like that. And, um, you know, basically having watched at least a couple of the, the most recent Bears game, and maybe you can back me up here, Jeff, is they like to run a lot of misdirection. They like to use a lot of eye candy and that sort of stuff will get you out of your, your gap integrity in a hurry, especially if you're a young player that's still learning on the job, like basically the line's two starting edge players in, in Hutchinson and uh uh, Josh Pascal. So yeah, Jeff, is, is is it fair to say that? Yeah, they, they like to like, I, I saw a play action run by, by uh, Justin Fields today where like, he is just so good at hiding that ball. And that's an improvement just this year that yeah. wasn't there in week one. That's something he's clearly been uh, working on this year. What I like about this attack is that everything fits together which is really exciting. Everything has a counter off of it. You can, it's a system, right? And you can run the eye candy, those, you know, those motions that, you know, all of a sudden, and then they'll keep you honest with the jet sweeps. They've been running a lot of different guys with jets. Cole Komet had a jet sweep last week. I mean, so, so they're not messing around. Like they, they really, they're showing a lot and then they're backing it up. Um, I will say that it's not just Justin Fields. This team, before they decided that they were going to design runs with Justin Fields, were was one of the best teams in yards per game on on the ground, yeah. and that's because they have two running backs that are quite good. Um, yeah. I, you know, the the yards per carry for David Montgomery aren't quite there, um, but he's still a good running back, and he will get if there's an inch there, he's going to keep driving his legs for it. Um, the the explosive play machine is Khalil Herbert. This guy is just a, a chunk yardage type of back. He's not as well-rounded as David Montgomery, so it does tip their hand a little bit when he's in the game. They're probably going to run the football, but uh, and he's kind of terrible in pass pro. Uh, actually, he was the reason the punt was blocked, and that was kind of the different difference in the game. Yeah. Um, but, but he's averaging over six yards a carry. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And at, at this stage in the career in, in this stage of the season. And so it really is three different types of ball carriers that you're going to see coming at you, Justin Fields, Dave Montgomery, and Khalil Herbert. Um, Herbert to me is the guy that in some ways is the most dangerous because you know, he's going to get the ball, but he's still averaging six yards of carry. That's a good point. All right. This is depressing me a little too much. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Bears defense, and that's going to make me feel a lot better about this game. So we'll be right back on First Bite Lions Bears Week 10. 
ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back here on First Bite, uh, previewing the Lions, Bears, with our friend Jeff Burkis from uh, Windy City Gridiron, the assistant editor. Also, I forgot to mention the co-host of Bears Over Beers podcast, uh, which you can catch on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Correct. YouTube. Second City Gridiron YouTube is where you can find all of our video products if you want to go over there and listen about the Bears, I guess. There you go. Um, maybe, Maybe go over there for a little schadenfreude if the Lions win this game. We'll see. Um, but, but let's, let's talk about the bears defense against the Lions offense. And I, again, I, I feel like this matchup is, is going to be based on one strength versus one weakness, which is the Lions running game versus the bears run defense. Uh, Jeff, tell me what's been going on with, with bears run defense. Why have they struggled so much and how much worse has it gotten without Roquan Smith? So they don't, they're missing a front seven, which is a good thing to have on a defense. Uh, <laughs> sure. they don't. They don't really have good players in the front seven. Uh, you know, they miss Akeem Hicks quite a bit. I know that he was banged up the last couple of years, but really that attitude that he brought in addition to the talent that he brought, I, I think they miss him a lot. And they're going back to a four, three. So they, you know, they're, they're changing schemes. So they, you know, traded out a lot of players that were functional players in the last defense and are trying to find new ones with limited resources. Right. So right now things just aren't very good. Uh, Justin Jones is fine, right? Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a fine three technique, but he's not particularly great. They picked up Armand Watts from the, uh, from the Vikings that cut down day, right. They claimed him. He's okay. Right. I mean, he's, he's a guy that can be in a rotation, Travis Gibson, young player, defensive end, He's okay, right? I think he'd feel pretty good if he was your number three. He'd feel okay if he's your number two with the trade of Robert Quinn. He's, he's your number one right now, so he's, he needs to kind of step up. Rookie Dominic Robinson, a lot of hope for him. I think he's a later pick. I think he can develop into something. Um, but they're they're running him at the, the, the number three right now. Um, Al-Qadi Muhammad, who is the sign, signing from the Indianapolis Colts, came over with, with uh, head coach Matty Rufloos. He soaks up a lot of reps and he's really not very good at football. And so that hopefully gets changed here in the off season and they bring in some new talent, but they don't rush the quarterback well and they don't defend the run well. So I'm not really quite sure what they do well in the front seven. Uh, Roquan Smith made a lot of tackles. He also missed a lot of tackles or just got washed out of plays a lot. So do they miss Roquan Smith? Sure. Right. There's a lot of tackles to be made. Um, Are they worse than they were when Roquan was in the lineup against the run. I don't think so. Hmm. Um, he, I don't know that he really matters that much, uh, to be quite honest with you. I know that's kind of weird to say, um, but they miss Roquan for the speed. 
uh, and some of his coverage ability and making tackles, but I just, I'm just not, they were already really bad. Um, right. I think they're rated 30th in the league. You guys happen to be 31st, I think, in terms of yards per game. I don't know what the DVOA says. I'm sure they're both pretty bad. Yep. Um, neither team can stop the run, and both teams are good at running the football. So uh, there's no one to really fear uh, if you're Jared Goff or um, if you're you know, the Swift or Williams or whoever else you want to throw at the running back position. Well, Jeff, you mentioned the the pass rush um, just pretty much being non-existent, and I, I guess what goes to to say that is, I mean, the the team's the team's second best rusher, um, according to Pro Football Focus, was Robert Quinn with fourteen pressures, and he's out of town now. So, who steps up in his absence, and what can the like can the Bears manufacture a pass rush? Um, Cause it sounds like there's no hope of like rushing for and having success. No, I don't think that there is. I, again, I think that Travis Gibson will flash a couple times. Uh, he's, he's a nice player. I like him, uh, you know, later pick that's, you know, in this, I think it's third year he's coming on. You got the rookie Dominic Robinson. He's got, he's got some flashes in him. Right. So there are times where you can do that. Uh, they would manufacture some stuff with Roquan. He is fast. He can be a good blitzer if he's used correctly. And so you do miss him for that because he can get some pressures. Robert Quinn, I mean, yeah, second on the team with 14 pressures, which is a pathetic number. Last year, he was incredible. And he converted a ton of, a huge percentage of his pressures into sacks. And so he actually set the single season record, uh, franchise record for sacks uh, for Chicago last year. Um, he wasn't getting to the quarterback this year. And so good luck to him in Philadelphia. You know, hope, hope he, hope he gets to play in a Super Bowl. but you know, he, he wasn't going to help this team when they're going to be competitive. So I thought that was a smart move, but it does really, it basically just opens up a bunch of reps for the young guys to get experience. And I don't know that they can do that. The only way that I see them being able to manufacture anything is if they're willing to bring uh, safety Jaquan Brisker, uh, or maybe slot corner Kyler Gordon. They're two rookies, um, actually do have some pass rushing ability. And so if they're willing to roll the dice a little bit and uh, bring one of their defensive backs, they can manufacture it that way. It's really the only thing they got, though. Yeah, it's interesting. And uh, this might be the week to do it because the lines are, are very shorthanded at wide receiver. It doesn't seem like um, there, there's going to be a lot of players that can necessarily test them deep so they can maybe be a little bit more risky. But it, I, I wanted to point out something you just said there. Two two rookies starting at the Bears defense, and I was doing a little stat diving today. The Bears actually have the most snaps from rookie defenders in the league. The lines are just behind them at third. Um, and it seems like a lot of that is in the secondary. So tell, tell me about the secondary. Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker is one of the guys that I think Lions fans are well aware of in, in the draft process. Some wanted. Um, how's he been working out? And, and the rest of that Bears, very, very young secondary. Yeah, Brisker came on real early. Um, I think he's going to be a really good football player for, for the Bears. He's uh, really versatile. And they, they talked about that versatility right out of the draft. And I think you've seen that, right? He can play free safety. He can play strong safety. The more traditional, like come into the box. Again, he can rush the passer, even if you want to. He can take tight ends up the seam. Like he, he's got a lot of skill and you can see that on display. The ball skills are pretty good. Um, he's had an opportunity to make a couple of plays that he just hasn't completed yet. I think he's ready to, to, to do one of those, uh, take advantage of something and house it. Hopefully Eddie Jackson is, is going to teach him how to do that because Eddie Jackson's balling out. Like, yeah. um, there's a reason Eddie Jackson wasn't traded and it's because 
they saw how well he was playing with his, his new secondary mates. And I think that they looked at that salary. It's pretty high. They got the money and they thought, actually, we, we can kind of keep Eddie around. We think he's probably got a few good years left. So um, Eddie Jackson's actually, I think, been a pretty important uh, piece of that. Uh, Jalen Johnson's really good football player. Um, his, his biggest issue is, is making sure that shoulder stays in the socket and, uh, he doesn't miss any time from there so far. So good this season. Uh, he, you know, he's missed a little bit of time, but you know, he looks good when he's played. Um, and then you have Kyler Gordon who they talked to, that was their first pick actually, um, in the, in the second round, they had two second round picks. And Gordon has been a little bit slower in terms of, of his maturation, He's playing corner. That's going to happen. I think you guys know that all too well as, um, as well, but they asked him to do two different things. They asked him to learn outside and play nickel, which I think is kind of insane. They, they signed a couple of nickels. They didn't work out. They had to cut they had one of them got injured and was out for the year and got cut with an injury designation. The other guy, I think they just cut straight up or maybe he was, he was hurt too. And so they've actually shifted him to be playing more just uh, nickel all the time. And they've got a younger guy, Kendall Vildor. I think he's in his third season uh, playing more of the outside. A little bit of a surprise. Kendall Vildor seemed like he was on the way out last year. He was basically a, you know, solely responsible for one of the losses last year where they, he just got picked on the whole time. So it is a younger secondary, you know, uh, Eddie Jackson being the only real veteran there with uh, on a second contract. Um, Gordon, I think you're starting to see it come together for him. He's starting to make some plays over the last few weeks. He's looking more comfortable game slowing down for him a little bit. Um, you know, he, he also has been, you know, this close to a couple of giant plays. And so you're just kind of waiting for those to just happen, you know, where, where they, where they do step in front of a ball, um, and, uh, are able to, to get their mitts on it and take it all the way back. You know, Gordon, I, that was, I think it was against the Patriots, where he had the pick looked like he was going to take it back for a pick six and like uh, Thornton, the like super fast uh, Patriots guy, you know, tracked him down and pushed him out of bounds. And they were like, man, he's really slow. It's like, no, that guy's like a four, two guy. Like <laughs> right. let's not freak out here. Uh, so, so they're coming on. And, and I think that that's, that's what you want to see obviously as the year moves on expectations were low for Chicago this year. And so if by the end of the year, you feel good about the secondary moving forward, I think that's a win for this defense. I have a question for you, Jeremy. Yeah, because I feel like we have an understanding that the Bears defense is suspect in a lot of areas. Yep. Sounds like their back end, while young, seems like maybe the most promising aspect of it. But I think going to to Jeff's point about, you know, we got two teams that can run the football and that's mm -hmm. the strength of these teams, obviously. How confident do you feel in the Lions ability to win on the ground enough on Sunday to keep this one competitive. And I only ask that because Jamal Williams is coming off a career high in carries. Yep. We don't really know how healthy DeAndre Swift is from week to week. We don't know how many carries he's going to get. And Craig Reynolds went to IR. So yeah. Justin Jackson, step on up. Like yeah, are, are you Jamar feeling, Jefferson? Yeah. Are, are you feeling, I, I guess my question is, are you feeling like the lions have enough in the tank to, to run all day with, with the bears? It's, it's a solid question to ask because Quietly, the Lions running game has been slowly declining. Um, and a lot of that is just a lack of big plays, right? They 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 had five or four rushes of 50 plus yards in the first four weeks of the season. They haven't had one since because 50 plus yard rushes don't come along very often. Four in an entire season is a lot. Um, so they don't do come from Jamal Williams either. So well, one did actually. Well, yeah, enough. but yeah, yeah. But, but normally, no. 
Um, And so, yeah, it's a good question to have. I think, I think if there's a game in which they can kind of get a little bit of more explosive plays on the ground, not 50 plus yarders, but uh, I I think Ben Johnson said today, they define a, an explosive play on the ground, either 12 or 14 yards. I think this is a good week for that to, to happen again. And I think Jamal Williams is capable of doing that. So I'm, I'm coming in a little bit more optimistic than I think. And, and listen, DeAndre's practiced all three is, is assuming presumably going to play practice all three days, which is um, I think the first time he's done that in a little bit too. So maybe he's getting healthier. Maybe we see more than five carries from him in this game. I'm not, I'm not really, I don't think I really believe that yet until I actually see it, but um, no, I, I think I'm, I'm coming into this game thinking both teams are going to have some explosive plays on the ground. Is that, I, or do, you, do you share that? Or are you, you, are you a little more less? I don't know. I I think I'm a little hesitant just because this is putting an awful big workload on a guy in Jamal Williams who really, I mean, he's been a part-timer his entire career. Um, And and I think that this is a heavy load for him to carry specifically. Um, I'm not saying that DeAndre Swift needs to carry the ball 15 times for me to think that he's, uh, you know, carrying his share of the load and, and he should be, you know, being a game day active, but like, it's tough. If you want to run the ball all day, like you have to have a couple of guys that you can count on to do it. And right now, yeah, I think you can count on Jamal, but at the same time, like who can I count on behind him? And, and, and that's, that's where my trepidation comes from. Uh, Jeff, I'm not sure if you covered this, but like the, the one thing I wanted to ask you real quick about the bears pass defense was like, where can it, where can it be beat? Like, where is it most likely to, to, you know, sustain damage? Well, I would say that if you had a tight end, but I don't think you guys have one anymore. <laughs> Son so. of a... <laughs> uh, I, I, I do think that you can have some success against these linebackers. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're not great again in the past. They're not great linebacker. They, I mean, they don't have a lot of experience or, uh, you know, high level talent, you know, uh, Nicholas Morrow's fine, I guess. I mean, I'd say kind of below average. I think he's been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, Jack Sanborn's a rookie. He's going to be the guy that's going to be filling in for undrafted free agent rookie. I'm going to be filling in now for Roquan's absence. And so it'd be a good guy to pick on. And so if you can get a running back isolated on one of the linebackers, you got a big advantage. So I, I would, I would attack there. Even whatever backup tight end you've got going on probably could beat one of those guys as well. You know, if, uh, Brisker drops down and, and covers one of those guys. I, I feel pretty good about Brisker um, taking out a tight end, um, but I, I think your your backs have an advantage here. Hey, lineup Swift out wide. Out wide. They they the one thing that they haven't really been shying away with with Swift is, is maybe they just don't want him running between the tackles because that's pretty physical. Line him out there out wide. Yeah, G- get some two two running back. How 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 long have we been begging for two running backs? Amir Abdullah Theoretic, right? Amir Abdullah Theoretic is where it all started. (laughs) All right, uh, let's let's take it to our prediction segment. The thing that we call the one thing we think we know, where we make one prediction about the game each, not necessarily a score or a winner, but something that happens in this game. And as always, Ryan, I'm going to make you go first. Uh, First off, how did you do last week? I don't really remember what you predicted. Um, Packers game, no clue. (laughs) <laughs> this no is the, this is the part in the segment where we always try to remember what we predicted and we always fail and just presume that we did well. So good yeah. job. Um, great prediction last week. 
as everybody's called on the uh, old internet these days when it comes to sports analysis, an expert uh, <laughs> when it comes to making predictions. Um, I think the one thing that I think I know about Bears Lions is that the Lions defense played with their hair on fire last week. I think there's a lot of volatility in <laughs> that. And I think one of the most predictable things in the NFL is, is offense. Uh, I think one of the least predictable things, unfortunately, is defense. And when you have a young defense and you have them on the road and you have them playing a quarterback who has the skill set that Justin Fields has, I have a feeling that the Bears are going to run for over five and a half yards a carry. That seems safe-ish for sure. Uh, all right, Jeff, we're going to go to you next. What's the one thing you think you know about Lions Bears? I don't know if this is a bold prediction or not, but I'm going to say at the end of the day, when we tally it all up, there will be more rushing yards than passing yards in this game. That seems pretty solid too. Definitely. What, is it, do, do we have an idea of what the weather is going to be like? Coldish. Yeah, I think I think cold. But someone, I think someone asked special teams coordinator Dave Phipp today, and he said shouldn't be that windy, but. Yeah, cold, coldish. Um, but who knows? I mean, it's it's a windy city. Um, no, that seems That's like what they call it. That is, I've heard such things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. The first off, I want to say I actually do remember what I predicted last week, and I, I predicted that the first to twenty would win, and neither team got to twenty. So <laughs> I don't. I, I, I guess does that count as a win? I don't know. No, I no? don't think that counts. I don't. I don't think it's the first one to twenty or the one who gets closest to twenty. <laughs> I think it is. I think because. I think that counts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, the one thing I think I know about this game, and and it was going to be surrounded about the run game, but you guys kind of tallied that. Um, one thing I think I know is is DeAndre Swift is going to have sixty five yards receiving. I don't Just, know how bold that is, but that feels kind of bold. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to consider my own prediction bold and and I'm I'm the best judge of that, I think. I think that's that's fair. Yeah, for sure. I <laughs> I I would totally entertain that idea, but like I'm looking up what DeAndre Swift's over under total is for receiving yards, but I I don't know. I, I guess it does seem a little bit bold just because of the circumstances, right? Just right. because of the uncertainty with the injury and all that stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, to close things out, we always like to give our guests an opportunity to promote their stuff so that people can go read them, them, listen to them, see them elsewhere. So, so Jeff, where where can the people find you? What what might some uh, Lions fans be interested in this week? For the open-minded Lions fan, I'm at Gridironborn on Twitter. Uh, you can find me uh, Second City Gridiron on YouTube. I'm on four nights a week, which is way too much. Uh, and I do writing words on websites. Uh, so Windy City Gridiron, I do a 10 thoughts on the NFL article every week. Sometimes I talk about the Lions. I talked about Dan Campbell a lot last year. I really like his caffeine regimen. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, and I do the gambling stuff. I'm, I'm the gambling guy. So uh -oh. you can follow me for gambling advice or you can fade me because I'm a Bears fan. Like, I don't care. Just come come hang out. Uh, so if you're interested in that, Sunday mornings, Second City Gridiron, 10 o'clock uh, Central Time, 11 o'clock Eastern. Well, now now we need to get a, a gambling tip out of you in this game. 
because I know well, I'll, Ryan, just, I'll Ryan, say this. I Ryan. bet Lions money line last week. Oh. So they're ballsy. Ballsy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> good bet. Um, they don't have anything up for any Lions skill players outside of Amon Ross St. Brown. Hmm. So nothing on the books for Jamal, nothing on the books for Swift. I guess that all makes sense, but yeah. The Lions barely have any skill position players outside of Amon Ross, so makes sense. They they barely? Okay, let's go. All right, Jesus. Um, and with that, we'll close things out. Uh, we are continuing our Movember campaign uh, over on prideofdetroit.com and our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash prideofdetroit. We are just about to set up some uh, auction items. I, I literally have beside me a, a football signed by Aiden Hutchinson, a football signed by Jamal Williams. Those will be up on eBay shortly. So make sure you head to prideofdetroit.com for all that info. We'll be tweeting it out and all that stuff as well. Uh, but until then, uh, make sure you, you stick with us. We, we have a big Lions interview coming up on Friday afternoon. I don't want to spoil it just in case we get a, a, a cancellation, but I can promise you, you're not going to want to miss this episode. So be sure to look, be on the lookout for that. It'll be on the podcast feed as well. But until then, it's chaos. Be kind. <laughs>